a reflection on the Passion of Our Lord, as delivered by Father Dominique Bormeau, based on the book The Hours of the Passion by Father Jude Mead. This episode is titled Opportunity Triumph. Hours of the Passion by Father Mead. The eleventh hour, the hour of opportunity. At this hour, Christ carried the cross, portrayed often as a triumphal march. Jesus Christ is the victor. Every hour is Christ's victory over sin, over the devil. Christ walks aloof and erect, while his enemies apply violence against him. We often speak of the eleventh hour. It has a special connotation. It's the hour of a wonderful opportunity, a last-minute success story. At the last minute, hopes are revived. Confidence restored, ultimate victory assured. The hour of opportunity for Christ is showing his mercy, extending his mercy to many. The cross overshadows the life of Christ. The cross overshadows the life of every Christian. If anyone wants to be my disciple, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Pilate, who declared three times that Christ was innocent, now orders him to be brought to death, to the cross. Our Lord had said it, I have a baptism with which to be baptized and how much I desire until it be accomplished. The Jews, in the mouth of the high priest Caiaphas, had prophesied, it is expedient, it is necessary that one man die rather than the whole nation perish. The condemned victims, the condemned people carry the cross and our Lord too carries the cross. Proof of it is that he needs Simeon's help to carry it behind our Lord walking up to Calvary, to Golgotha. And that's a procession made of different groups. First of all, the soldiers who break away in the narrow and encumbered streets of Jerusalem in the Paschal time. Then you have the herald who carries the motives, the condemnation, their crimes. Thirdly, the thieves, and our Lord is central stage here. Christ's shoulders and back have been lacerated, torn, wounded by the scourges. Heavy wood is on him now, on these very shoulders. Christ is pushed, 
goaded, shoved by the executioners, mocked by the crowd. Bloodstained footprints mark out the Via Dolorosa, the way, the sorrowful way, the way of the cross. Christ is broken in body and heart. The same crowd which acclaimed him a few days before, blessed he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna to the son of David. The same crowd now curses him. He falls. The sacred face which was fixing Golgotha now is buried in the dust of the street. He struggles, rising, falling and rising again. What if he was to die before Calvary? The centurion is told by Christ's enemies, we have a problem here. The criminal has to die on the cross and nowhere else, not on the way to the cross. But no Roman soldier would touch it. No Jews either because cursed is he that hangs on the tree. A Jew from the diaspora, Cyrene of Libya, a working peasant of peasant stock, very solid man, is therefore commanded, ordered by the Roman soldier. No one can resist the orders of the military orders there. He is ordered to carry the cross. Simeon sees it first as a disgrace forced to carry this gibbet of condemnation of a criminal. Carries it to Calvary, all right, as the beast bears the yoke. But before long, he's touched. The yoke of Christ is sweet and his burden light. Our Lord could have had angels to help him, yet he wanted a man to help him. Against all the bystanders, and he gave this grace to a stranger, a foreigner from the diaspora, the grace to suffer gladly and to save his soul and the soul of his families. Two of his children were bishops of the early Christian church. Christ's cross saves us. Christ's cross must be borne by us too. God created you without you, redeemed you without you, but will not save you without you. Says St. Augustine. How are we to save ourselves by the cross? St. Augustine explains again. Three men carried the cross. The death on the cross that faithful day. Christ carried it with perfect resignation to God's will. The cross was the redemption of the world. One thief carried the cross with a spirit of humility, patience and confessed his sins. The cross became a tree of life for him, the ladder to heaven. One thief carried the cross, struggled against it, turned to his own suffering and blasphemed Christ and mocked him. 
Yes, there are three classes of men. The cross of Christ, the innocent. The death of the great thief, repentant. The death of the bad thief, impenitent, unrepentant. Christ is a cross-bearer. He sustains the world itself. It almost overwhelms him, but he would not part from all the for all the comfort of the world. He would not part from the cross. His cross is his glory. Yet our Lord will let all men suffer with him, faith death with Christ on it, not alone, after Christ, along with Christ, on the royal way of the cross. If any man comes after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. If I be lifted up, I will draw all things to myself. We quote the prayer here of Father Mead at the end of this hour of opportunity. Almighty and everlasting God, who in order to give an example of humility to the human race, it's caused our Saviour to take up our flesh and carry the cross. Mercifully grant that we who have seen that this testimonial of his patience may merit to share in the promise of his resurrection. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. We adore thee, O Christ, and embrace thee, because by thy holy cross thou hast redeemed the world. Move on to the last hour, the twelfth hour, <clears throat> the hour of triumph. Crucifixion is the day and the hour for which Christ was born, for which he came into the world. The crucifixion, the climax of love of Jesus, the climax of hatred of his enemies. The crucifixion is the climax, 12 noon, between morning and evening, superior to both, superior to the Old Testament sacrifices of Lords and Vespers. Jerusalem is a place marked by God for the sacrifice. This is the greatest feast day, and the greater the mob, the greater the humiliation of the criminal who suffers. But the time and the place of Christ's death is his own choosing. No man takes my life away from me. I lay it down. I have the power to lay it down and the power to take it up again. Therefore Jesus, that he might sanctify the people by his own blood, suffered outside 
of the gate to St. Paul in the Hebrews. And the Gospel tells us, when he had come to the place called Calvary, they gave him wine to drink, mingled with myrrh. When he tasted it, he would not drink. This was the third hour, and they crucified him. Usually, the victim is offered a drug to numb the senses. For Jesus knew he wanted to suffer with full possession of his senses. And our Lord is nailed alive to the cross, to the gibbet. Usually this physical torture is such that it takes many people to hold the one who is nailed. The victims are, the contortion of the victims, the violent natural movement makes them you know, impossible to, to, to hold together. Jesus submits himself with infinite resignation despite the violent pain he undergoes. Then comes the first shock of the lifting of the cross with the dead weight of the body, enough to drive the crucified insane. Yet Jesus thinks not of his pain, but rather of the healing effect. When I be lifted up, I shall draw all things to myself. The tunic without seam, which was taken from him, probably woven by the Blessed Virgin Mary, is cast, lots are cast upon it. Upon my vesture they cast lots, and the soldiers did this. Two thieves accompanied our Lord in his execution in order to ruin Christ's reputation. At the beginning, both thieves blasphemed our Lord. If you are the Christ, save yourself and us. And yet, later on, grace fell upon one of them. And he called his companion, neither do you, do you fear God seeing yourself under the same condemnation. And we justly, we've received the true, true reward of our deeds, but this man has done no evil. And speaking to our Lord, Lord, remember me when you come to your kingdom. Our Lord answered this act of faith and hope, extraordinary act of faith and hope. In this day, you will be with me in paradise. And the priest and the ancients were mocking our Lord, saying, Come down from the cross, and we will believe in you. What hypocrisy! They would not believe, even if our Lord came down from the cross. And so Jesus chose to stay, and now and forever, he is adored and blessed, because by his cross he has redeemed the world. The king of the Jews. Pilate had insulted the leaders and called Jesus Christ and king in mockery. What scripsy, scripsy.
he was tired of the malevolence of the people. St. Paul of the Cross mentions here the Blessed Virgin Mary. Where, wherever the Son is, there is the Mother too. The transfixion of the Virgin had been prophesied by the old man Simeon. The fourth station is called in Jerusalem the swooning, swoon, the spasm of Mary. Yet in light of the Gospel, Mary's collapse, uncontrollable anguish, seems out of place. St. John tells us, Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, Mary his mother. She stood stoic, heroic rather. And most naturally, Jesus gave the custody of his mother to his cousin and beloved disciple, John. And less naturally and more symbolically, Jesus gave the custody of John, that is of the whole human race, to his Blessed Virgin Mary, to his mother. Blessed are the senses of the Blessed Mother, who, without dying, merited the palm of martyrdom beneath the cross of the Lord. Martyrs offered their own lives. Mary's martyrdom consisted in offering the life of her divine Son, a life incomparably dearer than her own, says Antoninus. The physical thirst of our Lord brings to mind also his spiritual thirst, as well as the desolation of his soul. Jesus, after three hours hanging on the cross, is prepared to die of his own will. And with a loud voice, Jesus made an announcement that shook the foundations of earth and hell, opened up the gates of heaven. It is consummated. And bowing his head, he gave up the ghost. From then on, what defines Christ's church is the Saviour crucified on the wood of the cross. And any enemies of the church, the first thing they do is tear it down, throw away the cross. In their fury, they protest a great truth that the one holy Catholic Apostolic Church was born from the lance-pierced heart of Jesus. The crucifix is the heart of Christianity, the book of wisdom. Give me my book. Yes, this is my book, my dearest book. Says St. Benitius and so many saints along with him, I've read it all my life long. With it, I'll bring my life to a close. The book of the cross of Christ. Let us finish this hour of triumph here with a prayer for the mead. Puts on our lips here. 
O God, who didst will to sanctify the standard of the life-giving cross by the precious blood of thine only begotten Son, grant, we beseech thee, that they who rejoice in honoring the same holy cross may rejoice also in thine ever-present protection. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. O my Jesus, I thank thee for having died on the cross for my sins.